Welcome to the Passionate and Profitable Podcast, where the world's most successful entrepreneurs share their secrets to making a massive impact while earning a massive income. Here's your host, Kira Palmay. Welcome to the Passionate and Profitable Podcast. Today we've got Daniel Wallach here, who is a marketer, a heart condition survivor, and a published author. Daniel's done projects with over 50 companies, including BMW, iVentures, the American Heart Association, Girls Inc., and Sarah Lawrence College. Daniel has been interviewed in the Huffington Post, Forbes, The Next Web, and he's also appeared in the Los Angeles Times and Yahoo News. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Yes, so happy to have you. So I'm curious, Daniel, what inspired you to begin your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I still don't even use the entrepreneur word. And I I guess I mean to say like, uh, I do business because I I loved uh, building little websites and trying to figure out what worked for driving traffic to these websites. And I just did it because I liked it. And uh, little did I know that you could make money at it and that you could get good enough that other people would come to you or want to pay you. And so, um, yeah, it's been really exciting. And uh, I guess it all started just because I saw all these other guys who are really great marketers uh, driving traffic and doing their thing. And uh, I love their content. So I started doing it too. Got it. So for those of you listening, driving traffic simply means getting people to go to a specific page. And if that page is converting and essentially making money at the end of the day, then the more traffic you drive to that page or, or more people, then essentially you can make more money. So Daniel, what are some ways for the listeners to drive more traffic to what they're doing? Because I know that some people listening might feel frustrated that their message is getting kind of lost in the clutter. So whether it be like a blog post or whether it be a marketing funnel, like maybe they're giving away a free guide and uh, eventually leading people to a sale. Like what are some ways that the listeners could drive traffic to their amazing work? Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great question. Um, I think it's interesting because I think I'd even ask a question before that question, which is, or I'd say a statement, which is like, no one cares. And I mean to say like, not to say no one cares about your service or product, but unless you have an incredible product, a great product, a service that's really going to solve someone's problem and you can demonstrate to them with irrefutable value. So when I say that, I mean, I just published a case study in Forbes in which I took a, an article that I spent zero dollars to create. I wrote it, you know, myself with another person. And uh, that article shows me uh, driving $425,000 worth of leads from a, a zero dollar article. So it shows how content marketing can work. And then that will drive visitors because what I'm selling, quote unquote, if you will, to these other brands is a great uh, service. It's irrefutably valuable. And so when you look at your product or service, just really ask, is this really something where it's a no brainer? Like, is it going to do the following three things or one of the following? Is it going to make them more money, save them more time? Or, uh, I mean, really those are the two biggest things. Either make them more money or save them more time. Mm, got it. Yeah, so content marketing is amazing. I mean, really, the ways to content market is just to create super valuable content related to your niche, right? 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that as content marketing moves forward, meaning the whole industry of people doing it and creating different content, uh, I think it's really important if you have case studies or things that show like testimonials, it's always better to have somebody else say something good about you than you saying something good about yourself. So when I published that article in Forbes, it was actually published by um, the top 20 content marketer in the world or one of them. So he published it in co-authorship with me which provided even a more like credibility boost. I mean, that's just huge, for example. Mm, got it. So how would you recommend that entrepreneurs who are just getting started and might not have you know, someone that powerful endorsing them, how would you recommend that they can get some solid social proof? That's a great question. I think social proof is so essential at selling anything. And I think, so what I do if you're brand new, if you just have just started your product, whatever it might be, is leverage is really important. And so social proof is the leverage. Mm. And so even having people you know, go through whether it's a course or a training program or a book or a product or a service and offering that to somebody for free in exchange for feedback. And the feedback doesn't necessarily you're gonna mean you're gonna get a review, but if the product is refined enough and you've done a really great job with it, you should be able to get a testimonial just by asking for feedback. Of course, you go back and ask for that testimonial. And uh, I recommend video testimonials. And the reason is video is just so trustworthy. In 2018, 2019, and et cetera, this is just going to be the number one form, I believe. It's just so powerful. Mm, I believe that too. Um, amazing. Okay, got it. So when I started, sorry, I was trying to think about what I had to say about this, but I have so much to say. So when, <laughs> when I got started um, in the business I'm in now, which is helping coaches attract clients online, I reached out to some of the most influential friends that I had with the largest followings. And I would see where they were basically leaving money on the table and so I reached out to those influencers and I asked if I could mentor them to start making some money off of their, their large audience. And they all said yes. And so that's how I got my first testimonials. So everything Daniel is saying is uh, spot on. That's how I got started. Um, and it looks like you have been able to achieve a lot of great success in a short period of time, Daniel. Yeah, I've done a fair amount, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're a young guy. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm secretly sitting in my college dorm room. I'm 20, or 21, actually. Wow. No way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. I mean, it all feels really crazy, too, but I think that, especially with articles coming out and like things like this, the stuff people don't see is I've pitched over 1,100 clients. Mm. You know, I've been in so many meetings and I've taken so many calls. I've had unqualified leads. I've maybe worked with 50, 60, 70 companies at this point. Um, yeah, it's been a long road. And so I think in the last six months, I, we talked about this a bit before the interview. I was, I've been in about 50 magazines or interviews and things like that. But that doesn't account for the last seven years where I was doing this silently and no one knew anything about what I was doing. <laughs> wow. It's incredible to think of you as just like a young little teenager figuring out how to drive traffic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it started, I don't know if you know the site addictinggames.com. No, you I know? don't. 
Okay, well, there's this site that all these kids would play games on when I was a kid called Addicting Games. There's a few other sites like this. I think Nick, I think Nickelodeon bought them, but I might be wrong. And um, I saw these sites and I saw, you know, I play them. My friends would play them. And I thought, I want to do something like that. So I built my own game sites and I just start marking them around the web to other kids. And uh, I mean, I was young and I, I didn't know much, but I did my best and I grew one of the sites to about 30,000 visitors a month. And um, yeah, they play the games. They weren't my games. I just embedded them with a little flash code. But uh, I remember going on my site and seeing whatever, like 27 visitors online, 50 visitors online and thinking, wow, all those people are enjoying games on this little site I built. And it was just so exciting. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I say, so it's funny, the beginning of this is because I wanted to play like little cute flash games. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, so that essentially transformed into what you do now, which is, of course, you're driving more traffic to uh, pages that essentially make money or whatever it is. Maybe it's not a page, but a marketing strategy. Uh, you're really finding the channels that work for the companies that you, you do your work for and essentially lower the cost per acquisition so that when they get new clients, um, it costs as little as possible. Um, so how can we simplify this? Like uh, lowering the cost per acquisition? Like, I mean, you've probably done so many years of research. So can you kind of simplify the process of what you do in a way that kind of makes sense? Like any word of advice for how we can attract more customers and channels that work for us while not losing all of our money? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, the first thing I would say is don't spend money. I'm totally yeah. serious. Um, and it sounds so crazy, but all my clients, almost every single one I've ever acquired, I can't think of one right now that cost money to acquire. Um, you know, time is money, obviously, if you want to say that, but I personally think time is time because you don't get it back. And I invested a lot of time into getting some of them. So I'd cold email and things like that. But let's address, I'd like to address the question from just adding value to your audience. And all the channels you're currently using. Hey, Daniel, it just kind of cut out. So you said, I want to address the question by adding value to your audience. And then what? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, um, you know, then you can go get a spreadsheet and put down on that spreadsheet all the channels you're currently using, which are probably not going to be too many. And uh, look at where each of your leads or opportunities is coming from. And you should be able to identify pretty quickly which channels are actually driving results. For example, I noticed on Facebook, Whenever I post a Forbes article in a very, very specific Facebook ads groups, I get a lot of leads. And so if I want more leads at any given point, I know that all I have to do is post an article in one of these groups. I know where the audience will hit, for example. And if you know that writing guest posts on other coaches' websites is where the leads are driven from, and you know the type of content specifically that you have to write to attract those people, then you just repeat that process. So it comes down to actually looking at what is the thing that's moving the needle and what is not. Mm. And I know that's a really simplified version, but I'm just trying to give some quick stuff that immediately can be implemented. Got it. Now, some of us might not be as experienced to get into Forbes and things like that or the Huffington Post. So 
what are some uh, suggestions you would have in terms of getting into the kind of publications that we want most? Um, do good work. Enjoy yourself. Uh, I know it sounds completely different than maybe some other uh, things people would say, but the magazines are nice and it's great to be featured for leverage and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're really good at what you do and you go about building relationships. So what I've done is I just have a lot of friends who are writers um, at magazines and it's not because I've done projects with them really. It's just because I like the content they write and I engage with it. And every so often, if you're just friendly with them, I'm not going to say they're going to come and invite you. But if you're producing your own content and adding value to your audience, it's something that naturally can happen. I think, a, what is it, a press release, I've never seen that work. I mean, I've worked with 50 companies. I've had them featured in every magazine probably that anyone can think of. Um, I mean, not really, but like pretty much every one. And it's because they either built relationships or had content that a writer or editor was interested in. Mm. The other caveat is you can hire a PR assistant or something like that. But generally, just to give you an idea, there's no real ROI in the press regarding traffic driving or things like that. You build authority. But for example, let's say you hire a PR person. Yeah. What you're going to get is the leverage of saying, I've been featured in Forbes or I've been featured da da da. Yeah. The amount of traffic these things drive, for example, is I've been in whatever, all these magazines, it's probably driven less than 500 or 1,000 visitors this whole year. Mm -hmm. And that's across, I've been in Forbes maybe seven or eight times this year. Um, and like, I'm just saying this to like say that a lot of things are not as they seem. Yeah. And verification too. So I'm verified in Twitter and Facebook. And that really, the only thing that does is build, once again, authority, social proof, and credibility. It doesn't necessarily drive me leads. What drives me leads is quality content and actually demonstrating through content that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So how often do you recommend that we create quality content? I would say all you have to do, this sounds like beyond um, or different than other advice as well, is everyone's like, you should post, uh, you should post once a week to your blog and things like this. But I don't agree with that. I don't agree in just creating content for the sake of creating it. What I think is you should think about, this is a Dennis Yu thing. Me and Dennis have been talking a lot and he's a, a world-renowned Facebook marketer. He does ads for the Golden State Warriors and other major brands. And uh, he has this idea of goals, content, targeting. So the idea is really when you have whatever it might be, the goal is to get more uh, coaches as your clients to coach on getting more clients, for example, mm -hmm. or whether it's to get more clients who are B2B businesses between three to 15 million, who are, uh, I've been targeting recently, um, then I would create content that appeals to them and then I would target them. So it's a funnel, goals, content, targeting. And once again, this isn't mine, it's Dennis Hughes, but I found that genius in creating content. Mm. So I wouldn't say, I mean, that was a long answer, but really what I'm saying is you should create content that is a really appealing to that person who you've defined as your target audience and whether that means creating one piece of content or two or three or, you know, it's just a question of how valuable you think that's going to be and whether they're going to convert really. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So this sounds amazing. I mean, it's more just like an inspired sort of kind of way to work where you're not just posting for the sake of posting, but you're posting because you actually feel from your heart that this will really help 
an ideal client potentially. Yeah. And what I'd also say is just like a funny side story is if you go on my Twitter right now, I am posting photos of a cute pink squirrel I made in China. And it says, yeah, I love squirrels. And it says, we made, we make revenue fly. And so that, that little squirrel I made in China is driving me leads. It's booking me meetings, that little squirrel. I mean, obviously it has to do with them seeing my other content too. So it's a mixture, but the idea is people make marketing so complicated, but if people like and identify with what you're doing and feel that you're the person who can solve their problem, even if you post squirrels all over the internet that are bright pink, I even have a gif of me dancing around with the squirrel sort of like that will drive leads. If you're good, if you have content that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just pulled up your Twitter and I do see this bright pink squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Amazing. So what is in the horizon for you, Daniel? What's, what are you really excited about right now? Yeah, I think um, I've talked about it so much, but what I want to do is I want to do what Neil Patel and Sujan Patel and Dennis Yu and some of these other really well-known marketers have been able to do for me. Um, and when I say that, I mean, they haven't personally mentored me. I mean, one of them has, but it's a little bit different. I've read their content for so long. And what I want to do is I want to create content that's so good and so valuable that other people feel just as moved and excited about learning from it as I did learning from those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that will drive me leads, but moreover, it's just something I feel, I don't even want to say to right, that's right to do, but it almost feels like the thing I have to do. Um, because I feel like if you have the opportunity to work with cool people and like have your own thing, it only makes sense to create things that help other people. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not just about us. It's about something way, way bigger. And... I feel like sometimes we all need to remind ourselves of that when we get caught up in work or sometimes we get stressed or put pressure on ourselves. It's like, oh, wait, hey, this is not about me. This is about serving something way greater than me. And uh, it's amazing that you've realized that at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, I also mean like, yeah, there's so many thoughts I have, but also no one needs to make like, I mean, I, I don't mean to rail on the economic aspect of business but if you're good at anything you're doing you're going to make a sufficient income at it and so when you look at the other time you have and the things you can help people with like I mentor students in New York and Canada and Hong Kong like and I do this because people have mentored me and I really I don't charge anyone for this I do it for free for them and it's a really it makes me a better marketer just by teaching other people and it forces me like it really does force me to learn more because I never want to seem like I am not the best to them, basically. Um, it's actually rather emotional. <laughs> yeah, and you're doing all of this while going to college? I'm sitting at my college room dorm desk or whatever, you know, hanging out here. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you studying marketing? I study creative writing and poetry, or poetry oh. mainly. Oh yeah. man, you're going to crush it then with marketing. All of your amazing writing is just going to be like amplified now. I hope so. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Um, so do you have any advice for our, for our listeners? Any other advice that maybe we didn't touch upon that you feel is really important to help their businesses grow rapidly? Yeah, you know, I think there's, 
there's so much I want to say about the long game, short game approach or about value or like some of these other concepts people talk about. But really what I'd say if there was one thing is no one is just going to help you and no one's just going to reach out and be there. And like, I, I don't mean to be so harsh on those things, but this is an opportunity in business where every business I approach, I plan to help them and I show them how I can help them. And I worked for a lot of companies for free just because I wanted to provide support. And um, that led to contracts just by helping for free. And so I guess I mean to say that I might build a relationship for six months with somebody and be friends with them. And we may never do anything, but we may write an article in Forbes together. Like mm -hmm. so many people want to play the short game of charging a one-time consult fee or a quick course or something like that. But the relationships that matter and the opportunities that matter are a long game. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's important to build relationships now because you never know what they'll turn into is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I guess the other sentiment I, I mean to touch on was just that not everything's going to happen immediately. If you just focus on being the best at what you do, everything else is going to follow into fall into place. Yes, I think everyone needs to be reminded of that because I know so many entrepreneurs are wanting things to happen overnight and it just doesn't happen like that. You need to establish your positioning in the marketplace, create quality content, just like Daniel's talking about. Um, and of course, demonstrate your value because that is what will attract people to you. And that definitely doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, and the last thing I'd say on that lines is... Um Wow, it's just so, it's so crazy, the demonstrating value thing. There's so many thoughts, but what people don't know about me is that I do have all that going on, but the thing I do most is I spend pretty much all my day, I mean, obviously I'm going to class and I have client meetings and I have students and stuff like that, but I spend hours and hours every day reading marketing articles still. I watch videos, I watch seminars, I email entrepreneurs and ask them for the private docs they send their clients. I do all that because I want more information. The more you know about your industry and the more you can provide, um, the better. I mean, it's just really, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good if I was ever in a client meeting and they asked a question and I didn't know the answer. That would be terrible. <laughs> I need to know the most if it's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. So where are some of your go-to places to learn more about marketing? Okay. That was really funny you asked that because I was going to give your audience a list of all the best free marketing resources online. None of them are mine. Don't worry. There's no plug. It's just a document I put together of literally the most valuable articles I've read in probably the last two months. And it's only, it's only 10 articles. Uh, it's free. There's no nothing. It's just great content. So I'll send that and you can put it in the show notes. Yep. Is the link easy? Cause you can share it. Um, you can share it right now. Oh yeah. Well, it's a long, it's a Google doc. So it's oh, a long okay. link. Yeah. It's like a mess. <laughs> okay. So I will be sure to put that in the show notes. All right, Daniel, thanks so much for your time. Um, is there anything else I didn't ask you that you feel like I should have asked? Uh, no, I had a great time. This was a ton of fun. <laughs> All right. Where can everyone go to follow you, Daniel? I love squirrels and sushi, and you'll probably see me posting them all over Twitter and Facebook. I think business is becoming so uh, a lot more personal, and I like to be personal. So you can find me on Facebook, Daniel Wallach. I have a personal profile. Or you can go visit my Twitter, Daniel Wallach. 
That's at Daniel Wallach or my website, danielwallach.com. But I wouldn't go there because then you won't get to interact with me because there's nothing really to do except read articles right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thanks so much for your time. It's been amazing and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Passionate and Profitable Podcast. For show notes and how to learn how to run a widely profitable online coaching business, visit kirapalme.com.